I'm going to talk to you about is what does it mean to be a Holy Ghost church? Everybody say, Cornerstone of Word of Life is a Holy Ghost church. We've been a Holy Ghost church for 30 years. November will be 30 years of being a Holy Ghost church. Uh, Wesley was inspired to put up a billboard. We have people coming. Maybe you're here today. What is a Holy Ghost church? We have people coming. What is a Holy Ghost church? They, one, per, one young lady said to me, I've, never, I've lived here all my life, and I've never seen someone so bold to put that up on a thing. Well, it doesn't have to be bold if it's true. And we're not pretenders. You know, I've had people say to me, though, uh, sometimes even as they leave, well, you know, I don't know if this church is Holy Ghost enough. So what does that mean? And so the Lord gave me some things. A lot of times when people don't think you're Holy Ghost, it's because they have one sliver of revelation about being working with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is multifaceted. So the Holy Ghost doesn't just mean that every time we get together, we all drop on our knees and pray in other tongues. Could that happen? Yes. A Holy Ghost, uh, sometimes in manifestations, and you might see that at a saturation meeting here, people might dance, they might jump up and down, they might run, they might laugh. That is a manifestation of joy and the Spirit of God. I particularly like that one a whole lot. But the same Holy Ghost that does that could lead you to drop on your knees and just begin to minister to him. So these are different ways the Holy Ghost moves. You know, uh, some people might think, well, a Holy Ghost church, if there's not a tongue and interpretation or a prophecy and 13 people don't stand up and prophesy, then the Holy Ghost didn't move. Well, I'll get into that later. That's more disorder (laughs) because that's not really even scriptural. We'll get to it. Don't throw it away. A Holy Ghost church is not where the congregation goes around laying hands on everybody and giving them a word today. Most people don't know you. And so they don't necessarily want to receive something from you. Even if you know it's God, that really comes from relationship, and that is very rare. And then you can get into what is a Holy Ghost church in a lot of churches like that. Y'all with me? We're going to get into the word in a minute, but a lot of times the Lord told me to just dispel what some people think a Holy Ghost church is. Because if you have a, a conception of what a Holy Ghost church is, you'll miss the true Holy Ghost church. A Holy Ghost church, and we're going to talk a bit about it today, is a group of people who know how to respond to the Holy Ghost, whatever he's doing. Amen. If he's teaching, I'm taking notes. If he's running, I'm running with him. If he's praying, I'm praying with him. If he's rejoicing, I'm bouncing up and down. If he wants to be quiet, I'm sitting reverently there, not saying a word, barely breathing. It's really responding to what he's doing. He is so multifaceted. He is not one-dimensional. And a lot of times when a person gets a revelation of a dimension of God, then that's what they think God is. When I first got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was uh, living in sin I was a messed up child. I was in my early 20s. I was really messed up. My sister drugged me to a church, and uh, the Spirit of God came on me. And most of you have heard this story before, but I was going through my urban cowboy phase. Hallelujah. Still have the belt buckle to prove it, and the cowboy hat. And so I was wearing my cowboy boots, my turquoise leather belt, my Wrangler jeans, and a really nice button-up shirt, I'm sure. Uh, Snap shirt, snap shirt. And so I was looking really good, kind of like Kenny Roger, you know, like, like a No, that's Glenn Campbell, rhinestone cowboy. Anyway, so I was looking the part, but I remember the Holy Ghost came on me and I I literally shook in my cowboy boots for 45 minutes and the Lord shook, let's just say it nicely, shook the crud out of me. 
I had a lot in me. And he got it out of me. Grateful for that. But from then on, if the Holy Ghost was moving, I had to be a shaken. In other words, that's the only way I knew him. And therefore, anytime he'd come in the room, I would, hindsight, because I wanted him. I wanted to know him. And so every time he got in the room, I wanted to shake. (laughs) Until I went to Bible school one day and a lady who's been here before, and I remember telling her about this. Her name was Patsy. We were up, and I was, there was 2,000 people in the room, and I was so hungry for God. I was always on the front row. I would go early. I, I wanted to be up front and center. I didn't, want, I didn't want to look at nobody while I, I didn't want to look at your back of your head. I, I wanted to be up front where I could get everything. And I remember one time the Holy Ghost was moving, and I started shaking. Woo, because God was there. <laughs> she said, young man, stop that. You don't have to do that. That's not the Holy Ghost. You know what I did? I thought, I came here to learn. She obviously knows more than me. Brother Hagen put her up there. I had to do this in 15 seconds because I know other people, it's stuff like that. They packed up their stuff and they left because they thought they knew more than she did or they did. I had a choice to make in 15 seconds. Did I come here to learn? Or did I come here to shake? Now, shaking sometimes is the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it is. But it's not him. That's not the only way he manifests. And if you do it out of a ritual and a ritual, then you're limiting him. That's the only way I, would know, that's the only way I knew him. But there was so much more to learn of him. So you know what I did? I got back up. I sat there for 15 minutes. I was embarrassed. Now, if you don't know this about me, there's one thing you can do. One thing you better never do that I don't like is I hate to be embarrassed. And I hate to be embarrassed publicly. I just was embarrassed in front of 2,000 people. I had to, you know what humility does? I had to make a choice. I was young. I knew Noah had a boat. I knew some stuff, but I had to make a choice right there. Is this woman, does she know God more than me? She's up there. I'm down here. And I'm not trying to make myself up here more, you know, I'm just saying to you, I had to make a choice in that minute. I wish the body of Christ would make a choice in this moment as a whole. I want to know him, the Holy Ghost. And how do you know him? The only way you're going to know him is by the word. And so we have to throw away our preconceived ideas. And how the way we know him, the way we know him, he's multifaceted. And so you know what? I got up and I started praising the Lord. And you know the amazing thing? I began to grow in the things of the Holy Ghost. Have I experienced the shaking? Um, you know, limitedly over 35 years. But I have sensed it, him that way again. Doesn't mean he stopped that way, but I mean to tell you every time. And if you, you know, if you do anything, I would rather you, you know, if you herky-jerky every time he comes or do the funky chicken, I'm not saying whatever. You know, some people, when the presence of God comes, they always cry. I'm just saying, don't relegate God to one manifestation that you know. So we have to learn to respond to the Holy Ghost. Now, I'll just say this as we jump in. Now, a lot of times people don't, you know, they're concerned about the Holy Ghost church or that kind of uh, saying that because they've been around a lot of people where it's all flesh, 
In other words, with fast music, you know, they, they do things or whatever, and they call it the Holy Ghost. Well, okay, um, that's not God's highest and best, and there's nothing you can do. You know, you can clap, and, that, and, and, and you know, we, we don't do that a lot around here because we know that's neither praise nor worship. We clap, you know, with the music. But anything you do in the natural doesn't bring him. You know, if we all start running around the room, we're just going to get tired. That is, that's not going to bring him. Are, are, you, are you understanding me? Um, you know, we can all get on our knees and wear our clothes out. But that's not necessarily going to bring him. Uh, even you fasting, listen to me, even you fasting, doing something natural because you're doing it because I'm going to make God answer me. That's neither faith, that's not new covenant, and that's not going to work. Should you fast? Yeah, being led by the Holy Ghost and doing it under the Lord. He can sure talk to you. But you can't do something to make God do something. But what you can do is what I want to talk to you about today. Everybody say respond. respond. So we're going to talk about responding to the Holy Ghost. And so this is the deal. This is what I know. I've been working on it a long time. But if I can get someone, if, if I can do it, if you can do it, and it's not just up to ministers and a worship team to do it, if a congregation will learn to respond to the Holy Ghost, then the more we do that, then the more God will manifest himself in a room the way he chooses. Now, again, even like the manifestations of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they're as the Spirit of God wills. You can't, you can't make God do something. You can't make God give you a tongue and interpret it. You can't make God give you a prophecy no matter what anybody says. You can't make God manifest it, you know, or you don't have you know, one of the nine gifts to turn on and turn off. Those are as the Holy Ghost wills when he wills it. But you can create an atmosphere. For him to move. And really that's what it is. Is a group of people creating an atmosphere where you can uh, make an atmosphere. Uh, He inhabits the praises of his people. Uh, He comes where there's unity and and where people are in one accord. And and we can create an atmosphere for him to move. But even if we create the atmosphere, then we as individuals need to learn to respond to him. Everybody say respond. Respond. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is a person? The Holy Ghost is a person. And so we're going to look at some things today. And so where I want you to start with me is John 16, 7. So we're going to start here. I'm not going to dig deep into some of these in the first. Uh, We may come back at a later time and dig deeper into them. But I I want you to get this. Everybody say respond. So today we're going to talk about being a Holy Ghost church. How? By responding to the Holy Ghost. Turn to your neighbor and say respond. So John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you, Jesus said, that I go away. Because if I can't go away, if I don't go away, the comforter, the parakletos, uh, will not be able to come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Did Jesus depart? Did the Holy Ghost come? And he says, and when he's come, he will reprove the world. So he's talking here about unbelievers. He will do what? He will reprove or convict the world of sin, singular their rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ and of righteousness because your righteousness is not good enough. 
and of judgment. Because why? So it goes on to tell you why. Of sin, and he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9. Of sin, because they don't believe on me. So that's the sin he's after, because we're talking about unbelievers. Of righteousness, because yours is not good enough, because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is already judged. And so here... This is to unbelievers. You were all one at one time. Whether you were four years old or 24 years old or 44 years old, you were an unbeliever where you were not born again, you were not saved, and the Spirit of God is working with you and me as an unbeliever. And when the Spirit of God works today with unbelievers, he's there to convict them of their sin of rejecting Jesus, to show them that their righteousness, their good works are never going to be enough and that the prince of this world has already been judged and you're either going to be judged with Jesus or the devil and so you get to choose. Now what happens when someone hears the gospel for this first time, they have to do something. They have to respond. So you either respond to him. It starts when we're unbelievers. So you're either going to, so this is the deal. It starts from the very beginning about being a Holy Ghost person or being, and, and then corporately being a Holy Ghost church. It started from the very beginning because see a preacher, a man or a woman were preaching to you. You heard the, or teaching you or something, you heard something come, but who is the teacher? He's the Holy Ghost. So a person is responding or rejecting the Holy Ghost, even from the time of being an unbeliever. So you have a choice. You had a choice. Are you with me? You had a choice. And what you did, you responded in a certain way. You either responded with believing and receiving Jesus. You ignored and put it off for another day. Or some people reject. And there's a whole lot of rejecting going on. But there's three choices. You respond and receive Jesus. Who are you responding to? I'm responding. These are responding to a person. See, that's what, this is where it starts. You, it, it's not just responding to God. Yes, you're responding to God. But really, literally, you're responding to a person. The person of the Holy Ghost. And if you, you respond to him, yes, I believe what you're showing me. I, because how many of you know it's got to be revelation? Even for a sinner, they have the ability to understand and believe Jesus is the son of God. Jesus was raised from the dead. You don't get that with your mind. You get that with your heart. You have the ability to believe. And so you either you respond and receive, you ignore, push down the road, or you reject. That's how people from, and, and get that as a basic, from now on, in everything the Holy Ghost does, that's what people do. They either respond, they ignore, or they reject. Him, the Holy Ghost. Y'all with me? Yes. Hallelujah. Let's look at another one. Um, John 14, 26. John 14, 26. We looked at some of these already. But the comfort of the parakletos, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will teach you all things. Remember, we talked about the Holy Ghost is the great teacher. Aren't you grateful? The Holy Ghost is teaching you right now. I'm teaching you, but I'm teaching you by unction. I'm teaching you by anointing. And you've got the Holy Ghost dividing it to you from where, what you know. And he can show you other things based on what you know, based on what I'm saying, because he's the Holy Ghost. 
And he can show you things. And he's teaching you. Everybody say, Holy Ghost, teach me. And what does he do? He brings all things back to your remembrance, whatever he said. And so, again, so when he's teaching you, while you're reading the word of God, while you're studying the word of God, while you're hearing a sermon, there are many times the Holy Ghost will teach you. In life, when you do something, when something is going on, you've got the teacher on the inside of you. He, he, that's who he is. That's what he does. He, even in life, he's going to teach you things. He's going to reveal to you some things. And so when the teacher is teaching, you have three choices. You can respond to him. Now, if you respond to the teacher, what are you going to do? Well, you're acquiring godly knowledge, but beyond that, you're going to become a doer of what he's teaching you. That's how you know you got it. Are you with me? But who are you responding to? The teacher? You're not responding to me. You're not responding to Kenneth or, or, uh, or Joyce or, or uh, Bishop or whoever you like. Uh, you're not responding to me. You're not responding to Pastor Rhonda. You are responding to the Holy Ghost. Listen, what I'm trying to get in you, because everybody wants to get to the manifestations. Every, but if you don't respond to him on a daily basis, you can't just show up in church and then just start responding. You don't know how. You don't know what's God and what's not God. And that's where a lot of people are. So if I can daily learn how to respond to him, he's always teaching. One of the greatest things you can know him as is the great teacher. And he loves to teach. He's here to teach. And so when you read the word of God, when you read daily bread, when you're reading uh, Rick Renner's sparkling gems, when you're hearing the word of God, when you're, when you're doing, when you're on a walk and you've got a sermon in your ear, while you're walking, the, the Holy Ghost is teaching. And so when he teaches you, you have a choice. Respond. And then if you're responding, you're a doing. I'm going to do that. Or... This was an easy one. Ignore. I'll get to it. I mean to do that. I hope to do that. I know that's right. Oh, that's right. Pop the clutch. That's right. Amen. Glory to God. But that's all it is, is an amen, a glory to God, a pop the clutch. That's right, preacher. But really, if we don't do it, we have ignored it. And that is a response. It's not just let it go. That's a response. I choose. It's a choice. Responding is a choice. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that when you call 911, someone will respond? Aren't you glad? God is this way. When you call on him, he does what? Responds. But this is a two-way street. If you really want to get there with God, if you really want to be a good response, you've got to respond daily. So when he's teaching you something, not just yes, Lord, amen, but then I got to implement it in my life. Now, listen to me. The Lord's not going to overwhelm you. He may be focusing on something. That's why you can't be somebody else's Holy Ghost. Because a lot of times, you, I, I talk to you about this all the time, but you know, when God's dealing with you about something, you think he's dealing with everybody about something. Well, they may already have your something. They may already have been through what you're going through. So just because you're going through it and it's your emphasis right now doesn't mean it's everybody's emphasis right now. Amen? 
And so how, what am I going to do? He, everybody say, the Holy Ghost is my teacher. Woo, hallelujah. And what are you going to do? I'm going to respond and do. I'm going to ignore and get to it later, which you probably never will. But he'll just keep bringing it up. So you're, you, know, you can either keep ignoring. He's good that way. He's going to keep trying to teach you. Or you can reject it. You can reject it. Now, when the Holy Ghost teaches you things, he's always going to teach you with the word. How many know the Holy Ghost is the one who wrote the word? We call it First Timothy and we say Paul wrote it. But the Bible says that these holy men were inspired by a person, the Holy Ghost. That's why this is the word of God. And that's why you got to get that settled forever. This is the right canon. This is the right word. This is it. There are many translations. Look at them all. Understand some are paraphrases. They're not really translations. And, but you should get with a good translation. Go to Bible Hub. It's, I, I talked to Rick Renner about it. He's like, I like it. Hallelujah. So that's good with me now. Um, but I get, it's got all the different verses. It's got the, the original language. It's where everybody can understand it. There is no reason for you and I to not know what the Holy Ghost meant. Amen. Amen. And so when I read it, when I study it, when I hear it, I either got to respond and receive. I ignore and try to, and, and not, I don't want to deal with it right now, but that's still a response or I reject it. Amen. There's a lot of people rejecting the truth of the word of God that has never changed because the culture has changed. God has not changed. Let's just, let's just stick with him. Amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 2. Y'all good? 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse number 3. This goes along with this. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse um, 14. But continue thou in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Now, you know, he could be even talking about himself, but you can't teach anything unless the Holy Ghost has first taught you. Remember we talked about last time, the Holy Ghost is the revealer. Everybody say, the Holy Ghost is the revealer. So he's the revealer of truth, right? There's no revelation you have that you got independently. Remember what Jesus said to, to Peter, flesh and blood, flesh and bone has not revealed that to you, but my father who's in heaven. In other words, well, the Father did it. Yeah, but the Holy Ghost doesn't say anything independently on his own. He says what he heard the Father, what he heard Jesus say. So really you could say, without doing harm to the Scripture, that the Spirit of God, because he's the person on the earth, is the one that revealed it to him. He re it was revealed to him. Anything you and I know, we know because it's been revealed to us. The, the, the truth you're walking in today is what's been revealed to you. It's a rhema to you. Thank God for the logos, the written word, but you and I need rhema, the revealed word, the spoken word. And that's where our faith really begins to work. Okay, so here though, it says, um, but you have the things which you've learned and seen and shared of, knowing of whom you've learned them, verse 15, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Who wrote the scripture? Well, Paul did. No, the Holy Ghost through. So I even want you to think about that. Anytime I read this, the Holy Ghost wrote it. He, he had to use a man, but he wrote it. It came through him. 
And so when I read this, this is the Holy Ghost talking to me. This is God, the Holy Ghost, talking to me. And if I'm having a question about it, uh, who should be the first person I might want to ask? The Holy Ghost, who is the revealer. And he'll take you to other scriptures. He'll cause you to hear from other people who have that revelation. It says, so, uh, and from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. I'm looking at a bunch of wise people who have understanding unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture. Everybody, oh, all scripture, all scripture. So let me just stop here and say this. You don't have a right to believe whatever you want to believe. It's hard talking to people today. It's easier to do it from here than it is sitting by somebody on a plane. (laughs) I just found out. It's easier to do it. uh, You know, it's just easier. Because I don't have to deal with all their opinions and what they think and try not to be rude and, you know, praise the Lord. But um, you don't have a right to your own opinion. If you're a believer, you need to find out what the Holy Ghost said through holy men of old. What Jesus himself said, you need to find it out. And that's what you have a right to believe. Well, I just believe. Oh, you, you, see, you're in trouble right there. I just believe. I just, no, how should you start that out? The scripture says. The word of God says. What is that? That's safe. That can be confirmed. Well, I'm just putting scriptures together. Well, in this day and age, you got to know where they're, you know, know where they're coming from. Because, uh, you know, we've heard so much and so many people got so many opinions. Anyway, I got to hurry up. <laughs> Hallelujah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine. I mean, no, we need good doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished. Well, that's just for preachers. Well, no, you're a man and woman of God too. I said, you're a minister of reconciliation. You are a man and woman of God too. So everybody needs this. Not just preachers and teachers. Everybody needs this. So, we, so, so what I wanted to say to you is that I want to lead you into this one. Because this one you're going to really like. You're going to love this one. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. You're going to love this one. Glory to God. Woo! Are you excited already? Yes. Hebrews 12. Um, verse, we're going to start at verse 7. Well, verse, verse 6. Uh, oh, let's start at verse 5. And you, uh, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked. Hallelujah! For when the Lord, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He loves me. And he scourges every son. I'm a son whom he receives. He's received me. Endure chastening. And that's really just um, chastening uh, is just real strong teaching. It's just real matter of fact, get you in line teaching. God deals with you as sons. For what son is whom the father chastens not? But if you are without chastisement. In other words, if he's quitting bothering you with it, you're in bigger trouble than you knew. If he no longer bothers you about it, you're in bigger trouble than you knew. If he just lets you get away with it. Well, you know, I'm married, but, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord knows I have needs. But it doesn't bother you when you go get those needs met. You're in bigger trouble than you think. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's just a example. Just came to heart. Hallelujah. Um, but if you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. I just read it King James. Furthermore, we have fathers of our flesh which correct us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be subjected unto the Father of spirits and live? So, like the Holy, so what do you do with teaching? You either receive it and do it. You ignore it and put it off, or you just flat out reject it. Now, this one, I say it this way. I heard this from uh, someone I was just down in his meetings, but back in the 90s when I heard him say this, it stuck with me. The same spirit that guides you is the same spirit that corrects you. Now, we're talking about responding. Y'all, maybe help somebody back here. Who needs help? Um, hallelujah. Joyce, are you good? You good? All right, she's good. All right, so the, the point is this. You gotta, but you gotta, you gotta embrace this. Nobody likes to be corrected. But if you don't correct your children, you really don't love them. If you quit correcting your teenager, you gave up on them. You just gave up on them. It's too much. I'm just going to let them do what they do. When they get old, they'll figure it out. No, if you give up on them, you just don't love them anymore. Pastor Mark, you're not in my shoes. Um, well, you can take it from a child of God point of view. If the Lord quits correcting you, he said you're an illegitimate child. Till the day we go meet him, until the trumpet sounds, he's going to be working on you. And in our age and culture today, nobody, how I am is fine, they say. How I am is fine. Take me for who I am. That, they'll even throw it up on God. That's how God made me. Well, he didn't make you angry. He didn't make you a pistol. You know what I mean? He didn't make you hard to get along with. He didn't make you a sinner. When you get born again, and you become a child of God. You are on a process. And listen, y'all, God is not a taskmaster. And there is no condemnation in him. And so if you feel guilty all the time, that's not God. But he does work on us. And he works on us where we're at. He's been working on me 35 years. I'll be 60 in March. And when I'm 100 and get ready to go home to be with the Lord, the next 40 years, he's still going to be working on me. He is. You don't, because I said, I just like to arrive. Well, in this one, you're just not going to arrive. But he's not a taskmaster. But he loves us too much to leave us. And he will correct you. Praise the Lord. There's nobody in this room, there's no ministry that has the ministry of corrections. It is not a certified ministry. It is not anyone's job to be a prophet, to go around and correct everybody else in the body of Christ. Because when God corrects, he corrects with love. And he corrects with his word. See, I can get up and minister to one person. I can minister a sermon. And to one person, it really causes them to go to the spiritual chiropractor and get a huge adjustment. With someone else, they're like, 
mm, I'm so glad I did that. I'm going to keep doing that. And to them, it's just kind of like rejoicing in joy because they've re- re- that's been revealed to them. They're walking in it. It changed their life. They're happy about it. So anytime anything is coming forth, it's correcting. It's adjusting. It's reaffirming. So there's all kinds of things going on at once. But the Holy Ghost, uh, he corrects us. How does he correct us? Well, he corrects me because he loves me. He corrects me because I'm a son. Amen? I'm just telling you, I'm going to warn somebody again. If the Lord is leaving you alone, especially about a sin, that's more troubling than you know. That's more troubling than you know. If he's leaving you, if he's just letting you yell at everybody and he's not bothering you anymore about it, that's more troubling than you know. Hallelujah. And, and so what do I do? What do I do? Now, you're scaring me, Pastor Mark. I don't mean to scare you. Oh, yeah. Lord, forgive me. I, work with me again. Don't give up on me. I never really understood this. But King David said, uh, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. What does that mean? In our people say, oh, the Holy Spirit can't be taken from you. Yeah, but the fellowship can be broken. Just how many of you know you want fellowship with the Holy Spirit? And he's not going to hang around in nasty attitudes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when he corrects you, ooh, this is a good one. Y'all excited? When he corrects you, three responses. You repent. And you begin to do. You ignore and hope he'll go away. Which will lead to eventually rejecting and keep doing it your way. Which will lead you into a whole lot of trouble. What am I talking about? Well, I thought we were talking about a Holy Ghost church. I'm talking about Holy Ghost people. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open it up and see Holy Ghost people. You can't have a Holy Ghost church without Holy Ghost people. And Holy Ghost people know how to respond. And so if I know how to respond every day, then when I come to church, I'll know what is God and what is not God. And I'll respond. Or when the Holy Ghost wants to move, because I'm good at letting him correct me when he's in the room and I sense him wanting to do something, then I'm able to flow with it. I'm no longer an observer. I'm part of the river. I'm part of the flow. And so daily walking with the Holy Ghost. Is this all right? Daily walking with the Holy Ghost. What does he do? Well, it started when I got born again. I responded to the Holy Ghost. Others ignored it. Others rejected. When he's teaching me something, I responded and I became a doer of it. Or I ignored it or I just flatly rejected it as it's not the truth, even though it was the truth. And it's not going to help me. And the Holy Ghost won't just give up on you. The other thing is, too, when, when he corrects me, I have a choice to make. Now, listen, this one, daily living with the Holy Ghost, this will the correction one will mess you up in the guidance one. John chapter 16, verse 13. We've looked at this one a little bit. Everybody say, I am a Holy Ghost person. Woo, I'm a Holy Ghost child. Amen. Come on, I am a Holy Ghost child. 
John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Has the Holy Ghost come? He will guide you into all truth. That means he'll teach you. He'll not speak of himself. But he will, whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. And he will show, declare, disclose, and transmit to you things to come. He wants to guide you. Romans 8, 14 says that as sons of God, we're led by the spirit of God. As sons of God, we're led by the spirit of God. John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, Jesus is the great shepherd. We are his sheep and we know his voice. What is his voice? It's the Holy Ghost. It's not an outward voice. It's an inward knowing. Mark chapter 2, verse 8, Jesus was led by perception. What is perception? It's an inward knowing of something you are not basing things on because it's not an outward fact. It's just an inward knowing. If Jesus was led that way, you and I should be led that way. I said, if Jesus was led that way, you and I should be led that way. And so uh, what the Holy Ghost does is he guides you. He leads you. He shows you things to come. So when the Holy Ghost leads you, this this is how you become a Holy Ghost person. But listen to me. When the Spirit of God corrects you and you don't want to deal with it, Um, I remember there was a time in my life when the Lord was leading me to come to uh, Alabama. And I didn't want to hear nothing about it because I didn't know how I was going to do it. So this, and I was getting ready. Most of you who've ever been through Next Steps, you've heard this, but I'll give you a little, little preview if you haven't been. So I was getting ready to go preach in front of one of my teachers from Bible school who I loved, and I wanted to do a good job. And so I was going to Peru, and I was going to be doing this big conference, and, you know, this young hotshot preacher's coming, but this young hotshot preacher, uh, the Lord is dealing with him to move to Alabama, and he don't want to go, and the Lord would not talk to me. And I thought I could wait him out. I was young and stupid. It was, I was on a plane going to preach and didn't have anything. But I needed guidance. Here he was trying to give me a direction. He's merciful. Is he merciful? He's kind. He's nicer than all of us put together. He's more gracious than all of us put together. He, he, he's not a taskmaster. He wants you to be in his will more than you want to be in his will. He'll get you there. He'll get you there. Hallelujah. You just keep your heart right. He'll get you there. And so, but, but you know, when he was dealing with me, because um, every time I went to pray for these meetings, these big meetings, he, he talked to me about Alabama. And so what I do is I'd get out my spiritual remote and I'd try to change the channel. And I want to pray about something else because I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to do it. So I ignore it or I just flat reject it. He's merciful. He's kind. But then what I was doing, it was affecting. And this is the same with correction. Refusing direction, refusing correction will mess your spirit up from getting guidance. Listen to me. We live in a very strange and troubled world right now. The devil knows that his time is short. He comes to seek, he, he want, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And make no mistake about it, he'd love to steal from you. He'd love to destroy your life, and he'd even love to kill you. But one of the protections you have is you have the Holy Ghost. And you know where to be, when to be, how to be. You know all the bees. Because God lives in you. And right now, we don't want to do, I'm not trying to make you religious. I'm not trying to make you rigid. But I am saying, if you want to be sharp in the spirit, if you want to be good to to be able to respond, so be quick to respond to correction. 
Be quick to respond to when the Spirit of God deals with you. Be quick to repent. Be quick to get it right. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? Be quick to get it right. Why? Because then that, because listen to me, it's not that the Holy Ghost quits talking to you. He'll never quit talking to you because he'll never quit living in you. What, he quits guiding people? No, absolutely not. He's still guiding. But this is the deal. Um, When the Lord's dealing with you about something, if you ignore him or even reject it or get your remote out and change the channel, tomorrow when you're on 565 or getting ready to get up on 565 and you feel like a little uneasy about it, but, but yesterday you're rejecting the correction of the Lord, and now the Holy Ghost is trying to warn you, don't get up on 565. It may be as simple. It's going to take you an extra hour to get to work and you're going to miss your meeting. You need to turn around, go up 70. Oh, Lord, that's going to take too much longer. Yeah, but it's going to take two hours up there and it may take an extra half an hour that way. And that way you won't miss your meeting. But you don't know all that. He's not going to tell you all that. You just have an unction. He's not, it's a word of knowledge. It's not a paragraph. He doesn't have to tell you everything. He's not going to tell you everything because that doesn't require faith. Come on, have you ever gotten in the middle of something and go, oh, I knew that. The Lord's doing a lot with me right now on little, what I would consider very insignificant things. I was at Walmart buying something. I'm going to let, I picked up, some t-shirts that normally I wear in a certain size and I just knew in my heart that they weren't going to fit but that was my size it's the size I've worked to get into (laughs) and I'm not going back up (laughs) and so I bought the L instead of the XL I got them back and they was snug as a bug in a rug (laughs) and I was like I knew that you think he cares about that? Pastor Mark, you don't care about that. It's training. Because the same Holy Ghost that says, that's going to be too small. is the same Holy Ghost to say, walk over there to that person in a wheelchair tell him to rise and be healed. It's not a different Holy Ghost. It's the same one. Same one. But he's not going to train you on the big stuff. He's going to train you on the little stuff. Stuff that really only affects you. And he's still doing that to me. Come on, on your job, you can look like a genius. He can tell you things about your job and you can get good at that. And let him correct you and how you handled or how you dealt with somebody or what you did on something. And then you'll be in the middle of a board meeting and he'll say, say this. And the, the CEO will be like, man, you got I like that. Give that person the corner office and give him about $30,000 raise. That's impossible. It'll never happen for you. It's only possible for those who believe. Those who are led by the Holy Ghost. You think this stuff doesn't matter to your daily life? Now you're supposed to live and do life with the Holy Ghost. Well, I thought we were talking about being a Holy Ghost church. Well, we're talking about being Holy Ghost people. And then when Holy Ghost people come together, you have a whole church full of Holy Ghost people, you can have a Holy Ghost church. We're going to get to the other stuff you want to get to. But when the Spirit of God, the same Spirit, Brother Keith Moore said it to this, me, and it has stuck with me since 1989. 
The same spirit that directs you is the same spirit that corrects you. And if you refuse his correction, you will mess up your direction. It's not because he quits talking because he's mad at you. It's because you've confused your own spirit. In other words, when that correction came, I hit the pause button. Your spirit's on pause. It's very difficult, not impossible, very difficult for God, his mercies forever. But we don't, we don't want any obstacles. It's not on God's end. I, I assure you, the Holy Ghost is still talking. That's who he is. It's that you've messed up. I've messed up. Praise the Lord.